2: Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. Hey, the author of Church Plantology, uh, The Art and Science of Planning Churches. Wait, did you write a book? I wrote a book. Did I not tell you about this? What's this this book all about? I've never heard about this. Well, Peter, it is Church Plantology, The Art and Science. I had to read it for a second. The Art (laughs) and and Science of Planning Churches. Wait, what was it called again? The Art and Science of Planning Churches. So uh yeah, it's in there and uh I have you in the acknowledgments. I just wanted to let you know this book has your name in it. But you spelled it P-E-A-T. I did actually uh forget and you Joseph, forgot the L. You, Joseph yep. Salmaraji. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, but I spelled his name in the acknowledgments. He goes, Hey, you know, he like mockingly said to Joseph Samuraji, the best bibliography builder. And I did, did a screenshot, but it was Joseph Slamaraji.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh.
2: <laughs> and I said, Uh, oops. And then I said, No, accident. Or Cool Handle, you decide. <laughs> what did he decide? That's the important I question. Think, I think he saw right through me. Yeah, oh, you're a moron, really- and you screwed up my name and your acknowledgements. Thanks for nothing. When I does I that book ham. actually come out? Um, It comes out this month, April 20th. Oh, okay. oh, oh and Pete, they have an audible. <laughs> they, did, they did an audible? They did an audible by the same guy. Who uh, did Church Zero? And that dude was awesome. I I hunted that dude down like a bounty hunter, like a Mandalorian, and I got him and froze him in carbonite. And now he did my book. We I couldn't find him anywhere, and then finally I was able to get a hold of him, and uh, he did it. He did it fast, dude. Like I I I got him the name, and then like the next week I I, I wrote him and said, Hey, uh, were you guys able to set something up with him? And uh, they go, yeah, he's halfway done. That dude hit the studio hard, man, because that's a lot of.
1: He's like, no one requests me. I got to go right there. Do this guy's book.
2: Okay. So I'm going to tell you something. I actually spoke to him on the phone and we had a rad talk because I said, man, look, I'm telling you, you read that book like a champ. I haven't heard this one, but I'm like, you got. he goes, I have to tell you. He goes. I do a lot of books, and he goes. That book really, really spoke to me. He goes. I loved that book. He's like, man. So it was weird. We had never talked before.
1: So what's funny is he says that to all the authors.
2: <laughs> just
1: pick me again. Pick me. <laughs> That's funny. Because was he even
2: a Christian? Do you know? Oh yeah, he was a Christian. Yeah, he works for uh, Moody Radio. His name. Oh, okay. Is okay. I thought he was just some John. random some random voice actor no his name's john gager and he works for moody radio and uh yeah dude he's he's awesome it was funny to talk to him on the phone i'm like it's weird that we've never spoken so yeah nice so anyways yeah so that's it so let's talk about satan's shoes Ooh, got a pair uh no but they're only a thousand dollars pete and there's only 666 of them being made so it's a limited emission. oh that you see now that shocks me that they're not like 10,000 or 6,666 dollars well you know you got to think about it you have to come up with 666 drops of your own blood that's true <laughs> that's in the true shoe. you know it's funny because we were talking about this on ministry ninja we just reference it cuz we're in the chapter that deals with the samaritans and i did not realize this individual that um, he was from the LGBT community, and so um, Barry, uh, one of the co-hosts on there, he brought up a really good point. He's like, you know, I've seen a lot of responses. To this guy, like, hey, you know, this guy, he he said, look, you didn't want me on your team, so I joined the other team, and uh, and I thought that was interesting. But um, but looking, at, I remember looking at the shoes and reading some of the responses and thinking, why are you guys so afraid? of this, like people were convinced, like, I'm, I'm going to get some kind of like demonic cooties from these things. You know, I better not ever wear a pair of Nikes again. And the amount and of I superst- heard Nike is suing them because it has nothing right. to do with Nike. Right. I mean, this, you know, and we all know it's a publicity move. He, he knew exactly what he's doing. Um, Why he can't doing I attention. think of publicity moves that good? That's all I got to say. Yeah. What are we doing for a 666 episode? Huh? I don't know, but we're giving we have everyone to,
1: a drop of angel blood and it's going to be beautiful and white. I, and
2: I do think we need to talk about the devil. That one needs to be spiritual warfare. Or or we could talk the Antichrist. We don't talk Dude, things like that. We either go back to exorcisms for 666, <laughs>
1: which is always the one that I hate. Yeah. Or Antichrist. I kind of like,
2: I like yeah, well, you're your You're not a fan. That. You're not a fan of that. You know, I haven't been in one of those for for a while, but I did. I, I, I did tell you I did the, uh, uh, the house cleansing, that was pretty, that was, that was something.
1: Yeah. Cause you even mentioned, uh, the, uh, injury that your wife sustained.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Trippy. But, uh, but back to Satan's shoes. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, the, the part that, that weirds me out is the, the part where the blood's in it. Now that to me does seem a little demonic. Because well, not only that, but think about like the serious
1: health concerns here. Like, this is the day and age of COVID, right? And you're actually just putting blood <laughs> and shoes, right? Right? I mean, come on, that's just gross.
2: Yeah, it is gross, but it also, you know, from a, a biblical perspective, you know, you can have your pentagram, you can comb Satan, shoes, you can have that, it doesn't bother me. Um, you can do all that. It, there's no power in, in, <laughs> in your God. Um, but I will, I will say the blood part of it is a, it is a desecration. I mean, even, even in the scripture, God's like, Hey, the life's in the blood. You treat the blood with respect. Your blood is, there's a theology. I mean, when Cain, Cain kills Abel, God says his blood cries out to me from the ground. Like God takes blood seriously. Like that's kind of a big deal. I wonder if he's uh, actually putting
1: blood in it or if that was just all a lie. Oh, it's totally food coloring, dude. Well, because it was like 60 cc of food coloring and one drop of blood. And I'm like. Oh, is it?
2: Yeah, it was something like that. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Because I was thinking it, it has to be blood won't keep like that. No,
1: it certainly won't. Not at all.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, but, you know, it, it's interesting. I, I do find it funny what people get all spun out over.
1: Well, I didn't honestly so, think much of it. <laughs> i yeah.
2: just like, whatever. I did think how funny it would be, though, if you or I turned up with a pair of those on our feet at our next speaking event. Wow. No <laughs> way. No stinking <laughs> way. Never. Yeah.
1: But I know what I'm going to do with my
2: stimulus money well I, I'm just saying, pete if hey, you said you can never think of controversial marketing things like that. I'm just saying someone just came up with the one for us. I'm telling you I'm not that good of a of a
1: thinker. I can't come up with that stuff,
2: yeah, but if you were them, that would create its own controversy. You yes. would be on preachers and sneakers. No,
1: I wouldn't because I'm a nobody. Like you might have yeah. told your publisher I'm an influencer, but come on, I'm a nobody.
2: You are. You run the Church Planner podcast, Pete.
1: And hasn't God punished me for that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. Yes, perhaps, perhaps. Perhaps it reminds podcast. me of uh
1: there was a scene in um Cheers when, uh, remember Frazier was with Diane and then Sam ends up taking Diane away from Frazier. Yeah. And Sam and Frazier are talking one time and he's like, I'd never do anything to you. And he goes, what about Diane? He goes, and didn't God punish me for that?
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's great, man. I've never seen Frazier.
1: Oh, I've seen it. I mean, it was, it was, it was good. It was good as far as sitcoms go.
2: That's what I heard. Most it was like number good. one show in America for years. I end up really never cool. seeing these number one shows. Yeah, it was number one. Um, Seinfeld was obviously sitcoms. Um, Seinfeld, I saw loved. that, of course. Yeah, it was good. I quoted on a regular basis. Some somebody in a prayer meeting this morning was like, "Peyton Noah," and and I go, "I go." No, when you say it like that, it just reminds me of. Newman. <laughs> I mean, I can't even do it. The amount of hatred that that when they would say each other isn't it? Jerry? Yeah,
1: Newman. that was good.
2: Uh, it was, it, it, that's one of my favorite parts of that whole show is just when those there two was see a great
1: scene when uh <laughs> when Kramer had gone to the roof and like put butter all over himself oh, and he yeah. laid out in the sun. And then Newman sees him and Newman's like Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you look good right now. <laughs> Like he was a big chicken or something. That's so funny.
2: <gasps> uh, uh, that, that just takes me guy. back to Warner Brothers to the uh, the times where you know the cartoon characters will look each other and it's tea a big pork chop or a
1: oh yeah
2: bone or a, wow. yeah. Those were the good old days
1: back when oh, cartoons yeah, were man. fun. Oh yeah, cartoon. Warner back Brothers. before cancel culture. Now they cancel all of my favorite <laughs> cartoons. you Sam you know- got no guns. I mean, he just now. <laughs> Just does nothing. I mean.
2: What does he do then? Does he like shoot off firecrackers out of his hands? <laughs> That's it. No guns. Just <laughs> That's great. He stomps his feet a bunch. That's rad.
0: Darn it the heck. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's oh, great. Man. Hey,
1: how's the house coming along?
2: No, oh, don't ask. Really? Yeah. So uh yeah, don't ask. It's it's we hit a little snag. Um, let's just say when the man says I know how to tile, he doesn't know how to tile. Don't oh, take that. No. <laughs> oh no. Hey, get off my wall. You're done. So Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, things are good. Uh tape and mud finishes today. And uh yeah. Hey, have you gotten your dog fixed yet? Nope. Can't do it till she's a year. Really? Is that what they, they're waiting for? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. This does not seem appropriate podcast talk, Pete.
1: Well, it's, if, if someone's... It seems like you and I are just hanging out. If someone's listening to our podcast after all these years, they kind of know this is what our podcast is. That's true.
2: If you are looking for a podcast to get straight into it, Ministry Ninja and... From concealment, but that one's about guns. Mine's still about ministry. So
1: mine's yeah. more the, the from concealment is more about politics than even guns. Yeah. Cause it's mainly Dan and I sitting there just roasting on every elected official on the planet. That's rad. Just, I,
2: I need to listen to I've I've only listened to one episode. Was it the one where about. I talked about you in? No. <laughs> just, I didn't know you talked about me. I don't. So do I'm you guys say nice name. things about me or bad things about me? One we actually have
1: code names. We have code names for most of the people <laughs> because we're like, look, the ATF is already going to come after us. So That's rad. like there's one guy who's uh he's a faithful listener. He uh, attended Refuge Long Beach. I don't know if he still does anymore. You would know who he is. 100%. Okay. Right. And so our, our code name for him is black ops. So we live stream it on Facebook like this. We're like, Oh, black ops has a great comment, you know? And, <laughs> and what was funny is all of a sudden Dan one day goes, Oh, black ops. That's why you wanted that code name. You're black. I didn't realize you were black. <laughs> that's rad. Like, so funny. <laughs> so rad, but yeah, no, it's, that's a fun, that's a fun podcast. And I think it, I, we have a lot of pastors who listen, and I think it resonates with them because Dan's a pastor, right? <laughs> it's like we got a gun-toting pastor who's on a a gun podcast. It's awesome. Who would have thought that would ever be a thing? I, I would like it to be a bigger thing, but it's it's. I don't think it'll ever be bigger. No, probably it'll not. just be what it is. Just yeah. fun, good times.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I oh, I Black Ops,
1: there he is. He's on our Facebook feed. I love it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: He's like, I'm here.
0: It's great.
2: So, speaking of...
1: By the way, I'm convinced he doesn't work at all because he shows up for every one of my Facebook feeds. (laughs) I don't know what he does, but he shows up.
2: So, I have a... um, I want to kick into, speaking of Long Beach, I want to kick into our our topic. You ready? Yeah. It's a big topic. Wait, wait, wait. Great, Scott. It's time for this week's topic. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Uh, we don't need a soundboard. We're
1: we're better than the soundboard.
2: I, I was I, I was I got a little huskiness. You know, I like it on that. That was all right. All right. Well, uh, our topic today is um, the homeless crisis and the church. We are in a homeless crisis. We have been for a long time, but. Uh, COVID-19 kind of exacerbated it. If you noticed, uh, the uh, government ferry came and swept all of the homeless off the street during COVID-19, housed them somewhere. And now with the stimulus money that's been paid out to various cities, um, the government has now decided they're going to solve the problem by either buying hotels or creating tent cities that are organized tent cities like they have an ocean side. Um, they uh, right along the main city? strip. Yeah, they have an organized tent city. There's a What exactly is an organized tent city? It's kind of like this. Storage tent, shelter tent, shelter tent, storage tent, latrine, storage tent, shelter tent, shelter tent, all in a line that stretches a mile long. And it's in between the main strip of road, the train tracks, and the government owns that little strip of land. And that's where they have decided to put Tent City. It's just big enough to fit, uh, you know, a a giant column of this um, sequence of of tents. Now it is clean. It is organized. Um, They have uh, homeless people that, kind of like we found at Refuge Long Beach, who were in various states of functionality that are able to walk up and down and and be kind of like almost like dorm moms you know like 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 room monitors like hey you guys they keep it clean yada yada now the city thinks this is fantastic but it's it's really not right like the 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 um in in my town, they've bought up, uh, I think, three plots where houses were in their building facility for the mentally ill. The problem is they're not taking them off the streets in our neighborhood. They're busing them in from other areas. And so nobody really has any clue what's going on. All we know is that COVID has kind of thrust the crisis that's been building and growing in the last 10 years um, and just really brought it to a head. And so then the question is raised, what is the church's role in this? Because I'll tell you, at, at Refuge Long Beach, um, that very much became a part of our ministry because it was a very real part of the neighborhood right. we were in. So if you're listening in a rural community where you've never seen a homeless person, you don't even know what it is we're talking about. Um this probably is not going to be as big of a help. But if you're in a major city, you know exactly what we're talking about. And, you know, the, you know we the- should have had a uh,
1: we should have had that guy, Jay, on the podcast from the documentary on Netflix, the pastor in that um, South Dakota town where he let oh yeah all the fracking was going on and he let them all. uh. Live Did in the church we interview him like,
2: or not? No, we just talked about it, right?
1: We never interviewed him because I think he kind of threw him under the bus in one of our episodes accidentally. And I think oh. he listened to it. And it was like, eh, maybe I'm not going to go on their podcast after. Oh, all. really? Did
2: I throw him under the bus? Yeah. Ah, the things I say. Um, I know. It wasn't the, the, me. Uh, the other guest that I still think about and kind of mourn that I didn't get him was a guy that got rescued off that island. Remember yes. that? And, and I still kind of wish... You know, because he's like, I started praying, you know, like he'd you know, and then he tell everyone rescued. the story. You can't tell them about got rescued
1: off the island. Tell I don't
2: remember the story, I just remember Dude island was a fisherman. What
1: what where in the world was it? I don't remember. See, I'm terrible. Dude was, was a fisherman in like some part of the world. He he like loses his boat and he swims to an island, a deserted island where there's just tons of islands everywhere. And it was like, you know, 120 degrees out. He's getting dehydrated. He almost dies like a day later. And it just so happens that a film crew from a reality Mm -hmm. TV show happened to be going by and they saved him. And it was literally just out of the blue, just happened to be coming by, filming a reality TV show, and the
2: dude gets saved. Otherwise,
1: he would have died on that island.
2: So cool. Yeah. And he was, I mean, it was kind of like the castaway. You know, yeah. the movie The Castaway, but it was like the real deal. And I'm like, but it would have been he, dead in the day as
1: opposed to living there right. for
2: five years. Or yeah, we need to get him on the podcast, eh? I don't know. I, just because it was interesting, it had nothing to do with church planning, and we never did it. All we got to do to
1: find him is just Google, who's been deserted on an island and got <laughs> saved by reality TV crew? And then, boom, we'll find the guy.
2: That's true. And then we got to contact oh, in whatever country
1: he lives in to get him to actually show up.
2: Absolutely. And uh, he's like, yeah, that'd be a thousand dollars.
1: Yeah. Now he's got, now he's, he's like "Uh, $666 and I need to get my tennis shoes.
2: (laughs) 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 Oh my gosh. So uh, anyways, um, so going back to this, uh, what, what's interesting, you know, my, my, my pastor, um, because those of you that, that know um, right now I'm not planting, I'm, I'm helping a little church plant. He actually spoke on this. he He had a real burden and he was talking about it and he he uh, just shared a little bit about, hey, you know, um, like in our city, uh, this is where I was going. In our city, we have um, the city council, most city councils are are worried about it. Um, historically, Ronald Reagan emptied, um, he cut the funding that went to psych hospitals. So, what happened was suddenly an influx of people out on the streets. Now, there is not a lot of care for homeless people long-term. I mean, it's short-term. You know, They get picked up by the police, taken to an emergency room. A doctor will evaluate them. They'll be put on a 24 to 48 hour hold. They'll be taken to a lockdown facility. They'll get stabilized and get turned back out on the streets. They don't get their medication. It's a revolving door. They'll be back in short term, get stabilized. So when I worked in uh, a lockdown unit in Southern California, it was the busiest uh, psych hospital in SoCal, um, I knew homeless people by name. Like, I just knew him. Oh, he's back. Okay. Boom. And so what we haven't done is by cutting that f- government funding, um, we haven't created a solution. It's a very expensive solution, um, but it's also a very expensive problem. Um, and what societies are feeling right now is, hey, we're not dealing with the problem. What the government is now doing is saying, hey, society, city, Um, we can't deal with it. You deal with it here. They're out on your streets now. Um, and now with the stimulus money, they've been buying hotels. They've been, like I said, demolishing buildings, building a center. Um, things are happening, but the problem is the insurances are in the middle. There's no end of programs for people to go through. But if you don't have somebody coming alongside homeless people, you, won't actually see the change. So the return back to homelessness, I heard my pastor shared this statistic, it's 80%, right? Which is about what we saw, right? Like we were able to help a few people get up and off the streets. We work local businesses to get them in the community. But it was the idea of withness. We were with them. We advocated for them. We uh, held their hand and discipled them. So what, what you're finding is that um, people who run homeless programs, shelters, this and that, there's no one I've ever met um, that works with homeless on a regular basis. And I mean, professionally, like in a secular sphere, who has ever said, we don't need the church. The church can't help us. Mm-hmm. It's the opposite. They say we need church communities to help us. Because the, the programs are here. What we can't do is come alongside um, and disciple and mentor and befriend and almost be kind of like what a, an AA counselor is, uh, or sponsor to an addict. Um, it is a full-time discipleship. It is taking umbrage responsibility and actually walking through with them, getting involved in their lives. Um, recently this week in my inbox, I got something very interesting. I've just kind of been chewing on it a bit and I kind of want to uh, check it out, but it's from churchleaders.com and the headline was free mental health coach training details inside. <clears throat> so it says, watch a video about a COVID evangelism opportunity to qualify and it's dare to care. I don't know anything about these guys, so I'm, I'm not advocating this, but it says mental health coach first responder training. One hundred and one foundations of mental health coaching. So there's some type of certification, and it's got the AACC, the IBCC. Um, these are um, uh, these are recognized Christian care agencies that certify, and you can get certified. So you can imagine, you know, going to a city council meeting, which many city councils will um, have like in Oceanside, California, they've got a, a community meeting where they invite church leaders to discuss the homeless issues. And obviously during COVID, all that stopped, all, all meetings like that stopped. But, um, now we've got a crisis that's right on our doorsteps. So the question is, what, what can the church do? Well, the church does need to get involved. The church is necessary. Um, for many of these programs to to work because the church needs to be a bridge. So this is one of the things that for me, if I'm planning a church, you don't have to be a homeless ministry church, but you can't be like the parable of the Good Samaritan. You can't be the priest or the Levite that just walks down the road and just goes, that's not my problem. I got man of God, churchy, religious things to take care of. I'm too busy. I can't do that. Um, somebody has to stop right? Somebody has to. So if your church plant isn't um, caring for the marginalized and the homeless would be the marginalized, and there's an issue. Now, let me say this. Do not be like the churches that just go give them things and enable them. And so picture like we're in Refuge Long Beach. Um, one of the things we did was we ate a meal as a church. Now, there were homeless people there. They came to our church and we learned to eat together. Um, that was something having homeless people in our community taught us, but it was very first century, but what we were careful not to do in talking with the city, the city's like, please don't bring them food all week. Please do not come and enable them. We are trying, if you really want to help find you do your church service, find the meal becomes a doorway to get to know them. It becomes a front porch, but please do more than that. Please get involved with them. And help them step up. And that became our mission. Because they're like, look, the residents are going to hate you as a church. If you come into the community and all you do is give them tents and blankets and food to keep living in that neighborhood. That's going to be a problem. And the citizens of, of the street, the neighborhood you're in, will hate your guts. Because you are enabling their uh, uh, front yards to be pooped in. <laughs> their houses and garages to be broken into, their garden sheds, you're an enabler and you will you will quickly become a target of the community. And that was interesting. It was good counsel, good advice. So we had to learn a balanced approach when we started working with the city because it's a lot simpler than just giving someone a blanket or food. There's more to do. Such as? Well, Pete, funny you should mention that. I mean, there's a bunch of things, um, you know, there's everything from, um, like I said, you know, working with local businesses um, saying, hey, do you do, you, you know, what meds are you on? I, I personally think something like that mental health coaching would be huge because then you can be getting involved on the, in the front lines, working with various organizations and starting to become form a crisis team. They can respond to this. Um, you got to be really careful because I'm not saying like go out there and be, you know, take the place of the police or whatever people are armed. Homeless people know how to use their weapons. They defend themselves and attack on a regular basis. Um, I'm not saying put yourself in a dangerous situation, but I'm saying when uh, your community has a gaping wound, you, you're basically trained in first aid, you know? So there's a lot of things you can do um, as the church. Uh, one of the things we used to do, um, we had a uh, homeless Bible study led by a homeless person who had come to faith. And, um, you know, kind of like we were saying, like that, that dorm mom, you know, the room monitor, uh, he, Alex was that for us. He was one of the guys we helped get off the street. He, you know, we helped him get his forklift operating license. Um, and he still to this day works in a, in a warehouse with um, one of our members there and still goes out on mission. Um, and, and that would be, you know, that's the goal. That's gotta be the goal. But if I told you the number of man hours and effort that it took on behalf of some of our people to, to, to get Alex where he needed to be, I mean, there's a couple of things. Number one, person has to be ready to go there. You know, like you can't, Oh, come on. You're pulling someone who's just dragging their feet. You don't ever do that. You you identify the people that really do want to get out of their situation and are capable. Some people are not capable of escaping their homelessness. And you have to recognize that. So where does it go? How do we help? So that's, that's kind of where it's at, man. Those are some of the things you got to do. See, a lot of this
1: reminds me of uh, <clears throat> Bob Goff. And we had him in the magazine. Oh, was he on the podcast too? No, we've never interviewed him. Yeah. So he was in the magazine. I think he gave us an article or something like that. And the gist of it was pick a fight. Like you got to pick a fight with something. Yeah. yeah. And um, <clears throat> was like, let me give you an example here. One, uh, this guy I went to college with, we connected up a couple of years back and we had uh, both gone to the same church for a while. And we were talking about family. And I think They either adopted a couple of kids or they were foster kids. I couldn't remember what. And he goes, well, you remember, you know, at Park Crest, which was the name of the church that we'd both gone to. He goes, um, they had a big push where they were really like, hey, we need to get involved in the community. And that was the fight they picked was foster kids. Like, we need to step up as a church and start, you know, taking on foster kids. And they took it seriously. Right. And it was it was a fight that people could could get around you know and they were attracted to it and apparently a lot of people took on foster kids and some adopted like I think this guy did I don't remember exactly it could have been long term fosters too for all I remember um but your church needs to pick some sort of fight right that that everyone can look at and go this is this is worthy of getting behind you know, I look at my current church, and um, they're very big in the missions. And so, like right now, I've written. They do this every year. They have uh, all their missionaries either they're either in town, and they'll each take a, a Sunday and give like a little report on this is what we're doing. Or like right now, a lot of it's being done via video because of COVID, and maybe not be able to leave where they're at and re-enter the U.S. or, or whatever. But that's like their fight. Their fight is missions. Like we're, we're really big on that. And I would say the homeless one is one that most people can get their minds around, especially millennials, right? This is a big deal to millennials. So you can totally reach out to the millennial community by being like, this is our, this is our fight. This is, this is the one we're picking.
2: Well, that's it. I mean, you know, giving, giving, uh, you know, if it's, if it's not, uh, mental health assistance, it's, Maybe um addiction recovery assistance. It's like a sponsorship. It's sorry. Hey, Eden, I'm doing a podcast, babe. Stop yelling for mom. She's outside. <laughs> Only professional here on the Church Planner Podcast. So, you know, so and if it's not that it may, you know, like like Alex, it's it could be, you know, uh, a matter of, you know, guys like I don't have an address. We see get that a lot where they're mm-hmm. like, I don't have an address. Um, you know, I, I applied for a job, but they want an address. Can, can I use the church's address? Yes, you can. So, you know, we, we tended to, to do little things for people that we could to help them step up. Um, I know that, um, this week, uh, um, and I've got to check on it. Um, one of our guys over at remnant, which is now the mission that is launched out of, uh, refuge Long Beach after the merger, is uh they're there and they're like hey you know we're we're gonna get this couple to rehab and that that he's put himself in the place of a sponsor and he's with them every day until they got to rehab and i i had to say hey you need to really be there for them in the last 24 hours because before someone goes into rehab they party hard because i think you know it's the last dance of mary jane you know i'm gonna Uh, You know, one more time to kill the pain, right? Right. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, and so I, unfortunately, when people overdosed, they would overdose before they came in on methadone or whatever it was. And then unfortunately they would die in, in rehab because, you know, just is the way it works. It's what people do. And so it's a high danger of overdosing either in your first 24 hours after you get into rehab or right before you get there. And so, um, you know, uh, there's a lot, and and it's it's like any type of first responder work. There's a lot of trauma. There's a it saps your energy. So the church community, there's a lot you can do. Um, but one thing I would say, like Pete was saying, when you pick a fight, this is one of those fights. Um, <laughs> kind of like in, in 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 Russia, right? Uh, in Soviet Union fight pick you, you know, like this is one of those things where the homeless fight has picked the church. You don't get to pick this one. This is a crisis on your doorstep. Um, and like I said, if it were not, there, there's so many other issues where I feel, you know, it's kind of like G- James said, to care for the widow and orphan, true religion is this. You kind of have to deal with that one because the scripture tells you, this is what you need to be, this is true religion, to care for those who can't care for themselves. But then, with the homeless issue, it's it's the dude sitting on the side of the highway, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, it's Peter walking by the the beggar at the temple gate called beautiful. Like he just can't walk by the Good Samaritan. You can't walk by Jesus. Just slams religious people like you walk by this, and 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 so for me, I feel that responsibility. It's so funny because. Enter and I, you know, we talk about it because I'm like, hey, I think when we plant again, because those of you who remember, I am starting that Bible training center like that is happening. Um, I got I put it on hold when the textbook offer came because I'm like, there's no way I can plant and do this. And I think I think I'm supposed to write this book. Did I tell you I was writing a textbook?
1: Wait, what's this now?
2: Yeah, it's called Church Plantology. It's right what? here. It's $35. You can get it on Amazon. It launches April 20th. But, anyways, back to my point. Um, cha ching. I owe a, a couple of cha chings. Cha ching. We forgot for about the cha-ching. I did. I did. It's back to that. So, um, but, anyways, um, but what I was going to say, I, I did totally distract myself. And it was a good point. What was I saying? You and Andrea were talking about. We were just talking because, you know, then after. I am I literally am writing this book during COVID, so thank God for his wisdom, because <laughs> for those of you that planted during COVID, I'm sorry, right? Like, that was tough. But for, for me, you know, I tell Andrea, I'm like, hey, I want to start this Bible training center. I want to do it in Oceanside Boulevard. And this is before Tent City. And, and Andrea made the statement. I, I I got it. Like, I was kind of there myself. She goes, I don't want to do another homeless church. You know, and and it's not that our church was a homeless church, but I mean that was a very big part of our outreach and ministry. It was like thirty percent of the people. Yeah, yeah. So you know, and and heading into this now, I don't think I don't think we have a choice. I just think it's there. I mean, it's not what anyone sets out to do. You know what I'm saying? No, nobody sets out in the morning like, hey, I think I'll start a homeless church. But it it just if you're in a city, it's it's chosen you, it's picked you. And you can't ignore it. There's just certain things you can't ignore. And that's one of them. Mm. So, but with that, um, yeah. I mean, any, any other thoughts, questions, musings, jokes, knock, knock jokes. I'll take anything, Pete.
1: No, I just, um, I think back to that documentary, man. I wish I remember the name of it with Jay. Cause I, he's a Facebook friend. So I see him every once in a while. I don't don't remember his last name. It's like Renicky or something like that. Hmm. But um, so like I was saying before, this is a church that it's in the middle of uh, like South Dakota or one of the Dakotas or something. I don't know. One of those states, you know, the Dakota type state. (laughs) I think it was. I think it was. It's where the fracking was all going on. Right. So it was this huge boom. Everyone's coming there. And the problem is, is, there's not enough places for people to literally stay. And you can't get a job, like you said, because they don't have an address. And so he was letting people stay at the church. They were literally anywhere where there was ground. You could sleep on the ground. And it was pissing off everybody. Yeah. It was pissing off the neighbors. It was pissing off the members because, you know, now they got to come into their church and it stinks because all these people haven't showered and. And I'm just thinking, and he was sitting there going, but how do we not do this? How do we not take people in? And I think there's, there's got to be, like you said, y- you don't just provide them a place to stay. Like, it's got to be something more. I don't know what it is, but, you know, and I don't know if I don't even remember if he did that stuff. But, well, I mean, there's, there's definitely, I mean, if you have that as an asset, like if you've got
2: a building as your church. You have to be careful with it. Um, and in, in the same reason that, you know, you're saying like with the neighborhood where the neighborhood was just ticked, like in my yep. city. I think they got the, the city council after the church and everything. You know, So in my city, the city council has all of this land all around, like, like real estate's a premium here and they have acres of land around the city council building. They didn't have to demolish a few houses downtown. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They have the land. They just went, oh, oh, heck no, not here, you know. I mean, acres and acres of land. You can't even see the city council building from the main road. That's how much land they have, and and they just choose not to develop it and not to do anything on it. But hello, you know. But again, it's that. And and where did they put the uh, mental health homeless thing that I was telling you about in the barrio? Of course, of my city. Which, again, to me is extremely insulting. Like, I, I'm, I'm angry about that. That's an injustice. You actually took that and you put that in that neighborhood with people that are working hard and trying to improve their lives. And you just laid that on them as well. Like, that makes me mad. Because I know people in the barrio. I know hardworking, good people in the barrio. They don't deserve that, right? They're not going to put it in the rich neighborhood. So, you, you'll start getting me going. But it... And and that's an area, by the way, that's an old part of my city that people have lived there. Like families have been there for hundreds of years, or you know, over a hundred years, and and they are they are a pillar, but they are like a, a thorn in the side of the city that wants to go big. It's almost like they're trying to drive them out, and it, it it's wrong. And so what I'm saying is, it goes back to advocacy. If it, if it came down to me. Right. If you looked at me and said, Hey, Peyton, how would you deal with this? The mental health is, is the key issue. Um, that's where everything kind of went wrong. That's where we're not addressing the problem. It's kind of like if you have a flesh wound and I give you a band-aid, that's been our approach. But if I said, Hey, no, there's, there, you need surgery there, pal. But, um, what I would do is you would have to, and I know you're going to totally disagree with this approach. To me, this is a government issue. The government needs to do it. Um, because either nobody else is or nobody's capable. We have a lot of programs, lot, tons, no end of programs, but we don't have the mental health stuff that we actually need. And, and the, the problem with working with the existing system is insurance is involved in corrupting everything. So the people end up suffering. Um, if the government, Unfortunately, if it would
1: be worse if it was just government only, because
2: look at the well, VA. The, I mean, this it's is, totally just a nightmare. Or, this is what I'm saying. Going back to the advocacy, right? that the government does it, but they are accountable to the community faith groups um, and charity groups. They're accountable. There is a board of accountability, um, and they would never put themselves in that position, But if that were something that were able to 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 happen, um, where the faith community says yes, we will uh, serve as the bridge. Um, Various faith; it would have to be various. It couldn't just be Christians. Be faith groups and charities that form a board and serve as the bridge. The church would have. You see, the church is the manpower. The church is already the manpower. I think the church just
1: needs to do it. I I think you. You are right. I do disagree that government I needs to be involved. Do. You gotta get government out of this. But all you're gonna end up with is more people on the take. Yeah. All these churches and nonprofits, they're gonna get bought off like it has historically. Like whenever money is is not accountable, this is where the corruption comes from. So we have to get rid of that. And of course, you know, Peyton's of course talking to people off camera, which is
2: you know, nothing but a professional podcast here. My, my my labor is is bringing another labor in, and so hey, but you know what? that actually is my signal. I have to go. <laughs> I gotta go. Wait, so before you go, like, how do you make sure that
1: you get all your bookkeeping done and your accounting and all that while you're out there taking care of the homeless
2: problem? Well, the government will set up a program for you. Be- <gasps> no, I'm teasing. Simovaiters dot com. Better than the government. Should <laughs> be their new <laughs> slogan. <laughs> SimplifiedChurch.com. We're better than the government. Oh, nice. Nice. Although, we'll help you deal with the government. They're kind of the middleman. They are the advocate for you. SimplifiedChurch.com, they will take care of all of your IRS needs, your compliance, your bookkeeping, your payroll services, so much more. Um, They'll help you make a budget. So, SimplifiedChurch.com. Join them today and tell them that Peyton and Pete sent you. Well, that's all we got time for because I got to go. I got more laborers turning up and well, you know, that work waits for no man or beast, Pete.
1: All right. well, Pete's House must him, get finished. Give them the slogan and
2: we're well, out. This has been Peyton Jones and Pete Mitchell reminding you, if you want to reach ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing.
1: Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com.